Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years. Watchman Nee was imprisoned by the Chinese government in 1952 and remained there until his death in 1972. Following his imprisonment, Witness Lee carried on this ministry in Taiwan and eventually in America and ultimately around the world. He served the Lord for more than 70 years before going to be with him in 1997. His major contribution was through a 21-year labor he called Life Study, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, lsmradio.org. Radio.org. Now, here's our show today. A central feature of the Old Testament was the tabernacle with the Ark of the Covenant. Once built, God then formed his people into an army and arrayed them around the tabernacle in an orderly, even beautiful fashion. God's people properly ordered and arrayed around his testimony is a beautiful picture in his eyes. Yet, regrettably, it's difficult to see such an orderly and beautiful picture today. Ron Kangas has joined us for more fellowship from the Book of Numbers. Ron, welcome back to our Life Study program. Thank you for having me back for this, my first program in this series. And uh, I paid attention to your opening remark about regrettably It is difficult to see such an orderly and beautiful picture today. I found myself considering why is it so difficult. And I don't have the full answer. I don't claim to have the full answer, but I have some consideration. Mm -hmm. It is difficult because we're not governed by the picture in the Old Testament in its significance. It's difficult because we are also not directed by the unequivocal New Testament revelation concerning the formation of God's people organically to be his testimony and his army. And a third factor, I feel, Chris, is the chaos of today's situation. A very proper setup, Ron. We're in chapter 2 now, and as we saw in chapter 1, the whole point of this numbering, which is from whence this book gets its name, was the formation of an army. And God had by now the tabernacle with the ark. And so those features were set. Then we come to this chapter, chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Then Jehovah spoke to Moses and to Aaron, saying, The children of Israel shall encamp, each by his own standard, with the ensigns of their father's households. They shall encamp facing the tent of meeting on every side. And then, of course, the balance of the chapter goes in a very detailed fashion on how and where each tribe was to camp on the four sides of the tabernacle. Ron, I want to pick up this matter of the sequence. It was not until the tabernacle and the ark were completed that God raises up his people as an army and arrays them in this beautiful fashion. As the program develops, we'll get into the array, the uh, ordering. But the sequence here, it does seem to be significant, doesn't it? 
There has to be a center which enables God's people to be arranged in the proper order. And the center is God's dwelling place, the tabernacle, a sign or symbol of the church as the corporate Christ, the enlargement of Christ. So the sequence is marvelous. In Exodus, God brought his people out of Egypt, showed them the revelation of the tabernacle and its furnishings, and instructed them to build it according to the vision. It was done so, and the glory of God filled it. Then in Leviticus, God spoke from the tent of meeting concerning the holy life of God's people. Now in Numbers, we have God's people by their tribes encamped around the tabernacle. If there were no tabernacle, then there would be no focus, there would be no governing principle, there would be no center around which God's people would be arrayed. There is a great loss of center among believers today. Where are the Christians who arrange their lives around today's tent of meeting? Where is a spiritual organic army in array all facing the corporate Christ, the tent of meeting. This is a matter desperately in need of recovery in at least three stages, the stage of enlightenment or revelation from the word, the stage of experience in life that will motivate us, and the stage of the practical corporate Christian life according to the picture and according to the revelation. As I'm sharing this, I'm just thrilled and thankful simultaneously that the Lord had mercy on us to show us the picture, to show us the revelation, and to bring us in a situation where at least in an initial way, we are encamped around the Lord's testimony today. This is not only a marvelous picture, It's a marvelous reality and practicality. And I hope as we get into it in the limitations of time, we will see something quite wonderful related to God's people corporately in array around the tent of meeting. Well, we're going to go to Witness Lee, Ron, and what our listeners will hear is a reference to the point we've been talking about, this array in numbers and what it depicts. Also, as he begins to relate it to the current situation, we will hear him speak about a parable I think most believers are familiar with to some degree in Matthew chapter 13 regarding the tares. And I thought to get everyone uh, on the same page as we join him, it would be good to read this short parable. It says, Another parable he set before them, saying, The kingdom of the heavens has become like a man sowing good seed in his field. But while the men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares in the midst of the wheat and went away. And when the blade sprouted and produced fruit, Then the tares appeared also, and the slaves of the master of the house came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did the tares come from? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. And the slaves said to him, Do you want us then to go and collect them? But he said, No, lest while collecting the tares you uproot the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of the harvest I will say to the reapers, Collect first the tares and bind them into bundles to burn them up, but the wheat 
gather into my barn. Well, many are probably wondering how this relates to what we're seeing in numbers, but I think we're about to find out. Here's Witness Lee. NRA means to put out something beautiful in a good sequence for a kind of a showing up. At the time when uh, all the tribes of Israel were camping there, all together in this array were 12 tribes and then the uh, three sons of Levi plus Moses, Aaron, and the priests. Now, what is covered in this message is just to show you how these 18 units were camping in a good sequence to have a kind of view of a ray. And according to the outer appearance of today's situation of the church, it is hard for us to believe there could be such a kind of camping in a ray. What apparently we have seen is just a mess. A lot of things here. No doubt there are some real believers. Now all these are the real uh, members of God's chosen people. In God's eyes, God only counts on them. For instance, in uh, Matthew 13, in the parable of the tares, many, many false Christians of course, God's formed army could not include them. They are out. But through the generations, so many real Christians, in God's eyes, they are counted. And eventually, all these real ones, after not only being saved, but also being sanctified, transformed, renewed, and conformed to the image of Christ, eventually they all will be glorified. Then in that glorification, the real situation of the new Jerusalem will come out as a consummation of God's new cosmic economy. That is the new Jerusalem. And then we will see God's redeemed people encamping in that ray. Ron, I think if, if we can visualize the scene that existed here around the tabernacle, say from a bird's eye view, this point becomes a lot more tangible. Because what we had were the 12 tribes, then the three sons of Aaron and Moses, all carefully placed around the four sides of the tabernacle in what Witness Lee is describing as an array, something orderly and beautiful. Now, maybe you can take us from this picture, this view, to the comparison he made, both regarding the situation today among God's people and what the situation will be in the New Jerusalem. This is somewhat involved because we have the perspective of the divine revelation concerning what God intends. Then we have the perspective of the actual condition of God's people. And then we have the perspective in the book of Revelation of the consummation of God's original intention and the full resolution of the problem historically of God's people in their degradation. The reason the parable from Matthew 13 is brought in 
It's a way of addressing the actual historical development in the world from the time the church was established until the present. Contrary to the thought of many, the tares, the false believers, are not in the genuine church. They're in the world. The field is the world, the earth. But the point is, what we have is a situation of mixture producing chaos because you have the good seed, the wheat, growing on the earth, and you have the tares, the false things, the counterfeit believers, also on the earth. And this kind of situation will not be resolved until the end of this age when the false ones are removed and then the real ones are manifested. So what we have today in the general situation of Christianity is described at least in part by this parable. So today's situation hardly looks like the beautiful array of God's people camping around the tent of meeting as portrayed in Numbers 2. We have to face that fact. Mm -hmm. But still we have the picture. We have the revelation in the New Testament. We have the consummation in the New Jerusalem. So where will we be and what will we believe? Will we believe, oh, alas, what God intended didn't work out. There is no encamping army. Or will we believe that God, in his economy, and in particular in his recovery, has a way, at least on a small scale, to fulfill both the picture and the revelation so that there will be the full consummation? And of course, this is our testimony and our ministry. We believe the revelation we acknowledge the present condition, and we're committed to the consummation. Despite the appearance of things, what is portrayed in Numbers 2 and clearly defined in the New Testament will be consummated. And there is, even in this present time, and this ministry is a part of it, there is a move of God among his seeking people to recover this beautiful array of God's people encamped around the tent of meeting. Such a thing is not only in the word, and such a thing will not only be in eternity, such a thing is forming on the earth today in the Lord's recovery. Hmm. We want to go on, Ron. Uh, we're going to see that the order that was prescribed in this chapter about which tribes should be where and which tribes would lead when the tabernacle was about to move is also very significant and has a direct application to our situation today. Here again is Witness Lee. On four sides, on each side being one camp with three armies. Number one, on the east side, toward the sun rising, was the standard of the camp of Judah composed of the armies of Judah, Asikar, and Zebulun. These were to side out the first. When the 
ark moves. That means God moves this camp of three armies of Judah. They set out first. On the south side was the center of the camp of Rubin, composed of the armies of Rubin, Simeon, and Gaid. These were to set out second. This is not according to their sequence of their birds. In birds, Rubin should be the first. And Judah was the fourth. But now, Judah became the first. And Rubin became the second. So you have a whole proceeding of the army. First Judah, second Rubin, third Ephraim, then fourth, the last one, Dan. The sequence of the four camps, each composed of three armies, was not according to birth, but according to spiritual condition. Why Judah became the first? Judah, he was an overcomer. So he typifies Christ as an overcomer. This was the reason that Judah, as the fourth son of Jacob, became the first in the fighting. You see, you know, Judah was famous, the fighting lion, right? And Christ is called the Lion of Judah. This is due to victory in dealing with the enemies. Then Reuben, he was born the first, but he committed fornication. So he lost his firstborn right. The last blessing Moses gave to the twelve tribes, Moses said, Dan is a little snake. It's not so good. And uh, it was Dan who took first to rebel against God's kingdom. It's quite interesting. The more you get into it, the more you feel it's quite interesting and you have to adore God that he's really sovereign. He has such a plan. You couldn't have this kind of light in the New Testament Bible. You need the help because this is a picture. A picture is always better than thousand words. In the New Testament, we see things just in a very, very ambiguous way. But when we come to the Old Testament, we come to a picture. But the sad thing is, today, very few Christians know how to apply this picture. If you read Revelation 21-22 carefully, you could see in those two chapters a lot of reminders. It reminds you back to the Old Testament. Without the Old Testament picture, it's hard for you to understand Revelation 21-22 concerning the New Jerusalem. It's hard to read such a book. We need to humble ourselves to the Lord. Let Him open up His Word. Then we will receive the light. Then we'll be enlightened. Then we'll be dealt with. Ron, he's making a big jump here. I would like you to help connect what we've seen, the ordering of the 12 tribes in a very specific way, not according to their chronological age, but according to their spiritual condition, and how this brings us into a clearer definition and view of the New Jerusalem as we see in Revelation 21 and 22. This is not an easy matter. 
I can only share in part. Uh, God is a God of order, and God is a God with a proper arrangement. Uh, Reuben might have protested, I was born first, I have the right to first position. But there was a factor in his history which made it necessary for him to forfeit that. But over this forfeiture and over the whole arrangement is God's sovereignty. And he prefers to have an organic arrangement according to spiritual condition. And if we are to participate in the recovery of the Lord's formation of an encamping army, we need to surrender our notions of organization, of structure, of seniority, of hierarchy, and of arrangement, and submit absolutely to the Lord for him to arrange us around his dwelling place as he sees fit. There's perhaps an analogy in 1 Corinthians 12 where Paul says, God has set the members, every one of them in the body, as it pleased him. This is the Lord's army. He is a God of order and beautiful arrangement. But we must not presume and take it upon ourselves to try to arrange something according to our view. Rather, we must be instructed, subdued, and governed by God's view, and then we will be able to make this huge leap and see the connection between the twelve tribes camping around the tent of meeting and the new Jerusalem with four sides and four gates all structured about the unique center, which is the administrating and dispensing throne of God and the Lamb. That little picture in Numbers 2 is directly and intrinsically connected to the consummate picture in Revelation 21 and 22. God will have his people arrayed around himself for his eternal corporate expression. And when it comes down to it, Chris, this is why we are here, and this is why we are doing what we are endeavoring to do in all of these programs. Ron, the New Jerusalem, the consummation of the Bible, the consummation of God's heart's desire, although not easy to grasp, but nonetheless, at least we got a glimpse, I think, today. This little picture, as you described it, uh, from Numbers, and how these are the details that help explain the mystery that we only get uh, presented to us in the New Testament. We need such a book as Numbers, don't we, as we move along? We need such a book, and we need this book to be used by the Spirit to lift us out of our narrowness and smallness and individualism and to receive a view of something corporate. We are a part of a vast corporate expression, encamped and arrayed around the testimony of God, the tent of meeting. 
We need to see this captivating vision and be brought out of our petty concerns and to be brought into practical union with the Lord for the fulfillment of his purpose to have a corporate expression in himself, with himself, and around himself. Hmm. Thank you, Ron, for joining us. As often as possible with your busy schedule, we'd like to have you back. You're welcome. I enjoyed this program very much and in a very particular way. Amen. Thank the Lord. And thank you very much for listening. Before we leave, our toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. For Ron Kangas today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee ministered the Word of God for over seven decades. Many consider these life studies as his seminal work, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Spirit. If you'd like to find more about Witness Lee, these life study messages or any of the materials provided by Living Stream Ministry, please visit our website, lsm.org. That's lsm.org. You can also email us, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. Thanks for listening today.